Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. I want to just talk briefly uh, a little bit about fasting, and uh, we're going to be hitting it a few more times just to encourage you because so many things happen when you and I fast. When we're fasting and praying, I mean, we have heaven's attention in a unique way, in a powerful way, in a meaningful way. And so uh, what I want to do is I want to talk to you tonight about the physical, how the physical affects the spiritual. You know, when we give an invitation, a lot of times we'll talk to people about uh, coming forward because what we do physically affects us spiritually. And what we do spiritually affects us physically. And so this, that truth is true about a lot of things. We could, we could, I give you several examples of where that's true. One that comes to mind is Exodus chapter 17, where uh, the Lord tells Moses to send Joshua and to fight the Amalekites. And we read in Exodus 17 and verse 11, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. So they're in a battle. He lifts his hands and they win. When he puts his hands down, the Amalekites are winning. So what he does physically affects things spiritually and ultimately affects things physically. So it goes back and forth between the two. We don't know exactly what's happening. We don't know if there are angels that are fighting when his hands are up. We don't know whether it's God simply causing certain things to go well for Israel and not well for the Amalekites. We don't know, but there is a heavenly intervention in the physical situation they're facing that happens because hands are lifted up. What I do physically affects things spiritually. Moses recognizes this, and so Moses says this. He built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. He said, For hands were lifted up to the throne of the Lord. There was something that was happening when hands went up. Physical obedience brings spiritual release. There's a connection between what we do in the natural and what we see happen supernaturally. When it comes to lifting hands, I mean, just again, because I realize in, a, in our congregation and our gathering, there are people, maybe you're visiting for the first time, you don't know what that's about, you're not aware of it, it's all over the Bible, lift your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, there's all kinds of scripture in the Psalms that talks about it, and even in the New Testament, Paul says this in 1 Timothy 2.8, I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere Lifting up holy hands. So not just in church, sometimes you might be somewhere else and it's time to lift your hands. I mean, I'm just saying, if God tells you and you're in the restaurant, time to lift your hands, lift your hands. Because something you're doing physically affects things spiritually. Notice, he says, without wrath. What's that talking about? When it says without wrath, it means don't get angry about being asked to do it. So if Eli or Jill or Annie or whoever else is leading, if they say, let's lift our hands, don't say, why do they always say that? I don't want to do that. That's what it's saying there. God has already read your mind. 
And then it says, do it without wrath and doubting. Doubting means don't question what good it'll do. I don't know what good this is doing. Listen, you don't have to know to know it's doing good. You don't know how electricity works necessarily, but you still turn on the light switch, right? You can raise your hand. You don't know what it's doing, but I'm telling you it's doing something because the Bible says it's doing something because the physical affects the spiritual. Our physical actions make a massive difference. In our Western Christianity, one of the things that's true of, of really our society today, we're very feeling-oriented. And we have a tendency to elevate our feelings and our reliance on feeling and to, in many cases, we think if we feel something, it's the same as doing something. You say, what do you mean? If we feel humble, we don't have to kneel. If we feel happy, we don't have to dance or we don't have to celebrate outwardly. I feel it in my heart. I may, not, I may not be dancing on the outside, but I'm dancing on the inside. That's unbiblical. If I feel faith, I don't have to take the risk of faith. Listen, faith without works is dead. Have all the feelings you want. If you don't do anything with it, then it's not a functional faith that has spiritual vitality. I mean, listen, I, my marriage isn't going to go well if I tell Debbie, I have lots of feelings for you, but I never demonstrate those in any way by doing things for her, by, by physically demonstrating it to her. Feelings have to be put into words and actions. And it's true spiritually. What we do physically affects us spiritually. Now, fasting is a physical activity with massive spiritual ramifications. And some of you maybe haven't stepped into it. Some of you are like, you know what? If I do it, all I'm getting out of this is a headache. All I'm getting out of it is a stomach ache. But physical fasting has supernatural results. The litmus test of the value of your fast is not how you feel. Some people make a huge mistake when they say, I don't feel like I'm accomplishing anything, so I'm just going to go ahead and eat. Listen, when you do that, it's the, the power of a fast is not based on how you feel about the fast or your effectiveness in the fast. The power of the fast is you said, God, I'm more hungry for you to work in my life and in the situations and in the church and in our community than I am for food. Yeah. Good. And you may feel awful. You may feel the least spiritual you've ever felt in your life. But it doesn't matter. Because it's not how you feel that determines the value of the fast. Anytime you and I fast, there are supernatural results. I have never, ever in my life, my whole ministry, I've never seen it where we have fasted or Debbie and I have fasted or I have fasted personally and not seen God do extraordinary things subsequent to the fast. And one of the things we need to realize is there is a spiritual world 
and there are spiritual realities. And what I do physically affects things spiritually. It affects the spiritual world around us. Daniel chapter 10, familiar story. We've talked about it several times. The setup for it is simply this. Daniel sees that the people have been allowed there to leave captivity from Persia and go back to the land of Israel, but very few, only a fraction of the people have gone. And Daniel's deeply, deeply concerned about that. He begins praying. He begins repenting. He repents for the sin of the nation, for his own sin. Uh, he puts himself together with the people in that. And as he prays, God gives him a vision. When he gets the vision, he can't understand it. It's a, it's a vision. He doesn't know what it means, but it troubles him because he, he senses that the fate of the nation is at stake. I find this interesting that here's one man, and he knows that his fasting can change the fate of a nation. That tells me that your fasting could change the fate of your family. Your fasting could change the fate of people you love at work who don't know the Lord. Your fasting could change the fate of your kids. Your fasting could change the fate of your marriage. Our fasting together can change the fate of this community. Our fasting will change the fate of the church. When you and I fast, things change. Daniel knows this, so Daniel is going to fast, and he says, I mourned for three weeks. So he is, for three weeks, he is fasting. There's something about fasting that, that humbles us and brings us to an awareness of God, his goodness, his glory, and his holiness, and also brings us to an awareness of the areas of our deficiency that require his mercy and his grace. That's part of fasting. The psalmist says, I humbled myself with fasting. So here's Daniel, that's what's happening, and he is the godliest man on the planet at that time. He says, I ate no choice, or another word, there could be desirable food, so that's where you get a Daniel fast. Uh, a Daniel fast is three weeks where anything that tastes good, you can't have. <laughs> it's really true, but I mean, No meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, what I want you to notice is he fasts for three weeks and nothing tangibly has happened. You see, you can't look at what's happening now as you're fasting to decide if the fasting was worth it, if the fasting was effective, if God's going to work in response to it. You may fast all 21 days like Daniel and not see anything happen. Here it is. It's on the 24th day. It's three days after the fast that Daniel sees something happen. In verse 10, we just move ahead. He has a heavenly visitor and a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and my knees. And he said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up for I have now been sent to you. And so he strengthens him. So there's a supernatural strength that comes into him as he's in this heavenly encounter. 
But I want you to notice, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed. I want to point out something to you here. In Daniel 10.3, I ate no choice or desirable food. Daniel 10.11, he said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed or you who are highly desirable. The, the word here and the word here are the same Hebrew word. It could be translated pleasant food, precious food. It could be you who are highly valued, highly precious, highly desirable. All of those would be you who are a choice servant of God. It's as if God is saying, you turned away what was desirable or precious, and in so doing, you've become increasingly desirable or precious to me. What happens is when you and I turn away from food, it increases God's favor on our life. It's a very interesting thing. I mean, this is what it's saying. You, I ate no desirable food, and now heaven says you're highly desirable. Fasting gives you favor. Now, let me explain a, a couple of things on this, because people can get tripped up on, on God's love and God's favor, and they can confuse the two and think somehow you are in his love. And the fact of the matter is, God loves you 100% he is fully in love with you, loves you more than you can imagine, and he loves you as much now as he will in eternity when you have a glorified body and all, all vestiges of sin are gone. He loves you as much now as he will then. And he loves you as much now as he did when you were that cute little baby before you'd ever done anything. God loves you completely and fully, 100%. 24-7. Favor, on the other hand, is a gift that God gives us, and its increase in our life is based somewhat on how we steward that favor and how we respond to God's leading in our life in things like fasting. The increase of favor depends on how you use it and what you and I do as God calls us. And I would suggest to you, sometimes the increase of favor requires sacrifice like fasting. That as you and I fast, there's an increase of God's favor and his hand on you. In Daniel 10, Daniel feels that fate of the nation is at stake. He begins to fast and pray. And as he fasts, the Lord indicates to him, Daniel, you have favor. You, you have a lot of favor. You're highly esteemed in heaven. You're highly esteemed. Now, the result is he gets the... A, understanding of the vision, but look at it in verse 12. He continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I've come in response to them. So day one, you fasted. You said, this is what I need from you, God. And guess what? Heaven heard. Heaven's already heard. The answer's already on the way. You say, well, then why do I need to keep fasting? Because God has allowed you and I to partner with his purposes to bring about a desired result. As Daniel is fasting, things are happening supernaturally. 
But the answer's on the way. Listen, nobody fasts, and I don't think God heard. I don't think God cared. Not true. The minute you started fasting, the minute you started praying, God heard, and God began to send the answer. But watch this. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Who is this? This is a demonic being. So remember, Paul says, Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, uh, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, principalities and powers. These would be demonic beings that rule over geographic regions. In this case, it's a, it's a demon that has control of the Persian kingdom, and he sees Daniel fasting, and all of a sudden, he knows heaven's sending an answer, and a part of the delivery of that answer is through angelic beings. We don't understand. Now, in this case, it's the angelic being bringing Daniel an interpretation of the vision. But angels are ministering servants, the writer of Hebrews says, sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. So angels are serving you all the time. They're ministering to you all the time. They're around whether you can see them or not. We had one of our campuses, a pastor um, was telling me that he was going home from church with his son. This is a couple weeks ago, about three weeks ago. And he was telling me, um, he said, you know, dad, I invited the Holy Spirit to come and live in my heart. And his dad was like, time out. Theologically, we need to fix that a little bit. Um, that's the things you think about when you're a pastor. Um, but he talked to him and he said, well, what, you know, what were you praying about and, and what was happening? He talked to him about Jesus living in his heart. And then, um, his son said, I opened my eyes and I saw angels. I saw men standing this way, but I saw men standing all around the room and light was coming from them. And he said, his dad said, well, what, what were they doing? He said, they were just standing there. And uh, he said they were glowing and there was just light coming off of them. So this is a nine-year-old boy. And he said, and then there was somebody else standing there and he was just standing among the kids and he said it was Jesus and his dad said how did you know it was Jesus he said I don't know I just knew it was him what was interesting was that another parent whose son was in that classroom the two kids had never talked his son told him the same story I'm just simply saying that there are angels. I mean, in a gathering like this, there are angels everywhere. Just telling you, there are. All of you brought your guardian angels. Some of you need three or four, but I mean, they're all here, okay? Debbie thinks I need 10, which is probably true. Very accident prone. Um, but so there's angelic and, and demonic warfare happening. Paul tells us that's true in our, in our life in Ephesians 6.10. You know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's your battle's not with your neighbor. It's not with your spouse. It's not with, it's not with that person who doesn't like you. Your battle is primarily spiritual in nature. And so what happens is, as you and I are physically fasting, it affects things spiritually. And not just things that, that have to do only with us, but things that have to do with angelic beings that are battling for 
a variety of reasons. Then Michael, Michael's one of the archangels mentioned in the Bible. Uh, he's the warrior archangel. Gabriel is the messenger archangel. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I've come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. So what this angel is saying is, listen, I was, I was engaged in battle and, and Michael came, you were praying and your prayers resulted in a victory in this spiritual battle that was happening in the heavenlies, all of it to bring the answer to you now 24 days after you started fasting and all of that to say to you and I that what you and I do physically has a huge impact spiritually in ways you and I can't begin to imagine. What we're doing in this 21-day fast is so incredibly important, has such huge spiritual significance. And the enemy wants you to think it's not going to matter. He wants you to think you're tired, you don't have time, you can't do it. He wants to give you all the reasons you can't do it. And I'm simply here to tell you that when you do it, it is incredibly powerful in your life and it could change literally the fate of people beyond what you can imagine. It's the power of fasting. What you and I do physically affects us spiritually and affects the people around us. And a fast will change you. It will change your home. It will change your job. It will change your, your marriage. It will change your, the people you care and love about. God will work in response to it. And, and it will increase God's favor on you in ways that you can't begin to imagine. And so what we're doing here is so valuable and so important. I just want to encourage you, if you've not started fasting, you need to do that. It will make a big difference in your life. And to those who have started and you feel like I'm getting nowhere, I feel like I'm just spinning my wheels. I feel like I'm wasting my time. I, I'm, I'm cranky. I'm irritable. I just want to eat a good meal. And maybe some of you said, you know what, guess what? I went way beyond that. I already was in the, the uh, refrigerator and, and I already helped myself to some ice cream and then I felt bad and I felt like I failed. Listen, what you need to do is you need to say, I'm not stopping there. I'm going to keep on going because God, God gets it. God's for you. This isn't something you have to have a guilt trip about, but it's something you have to say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be more intentional, and I'm going to stand up, and I'm going to ask God to help me, and I'm going to keep praying and fasting because I know what I do physically affects me spiritually. And I think God just brought you here or has you watching online tonight so you get that, so you're encouraged, so you're challenged, so you're ready to do battle because I'm telling you, there is a battle. There is a battle. And fasting breaks demonic strongholds. Some of you, that's what you're up against. You've got a demonic stronghold. And I'm telling you, the only thing that's going to fix it is for you to fast. He, God wants you to, to have the power, but that's going to come as you fast.